Welcome, everyone, to the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Here on the show, we bring you interviews with business owners, executives, and key players operating in and around the Ottawa, Ontario, Canada region. We grab their insights on business, marketing, leadership, and motivation. We hope you'll tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Most of you in the audience, for the year 2020, it was definitely a year not to remember, a year to write off. However, for those of you in the Ottawa area and surrounding region, there was a very bright spot in 2020 back in early December when a local couple made a very generous donation to the Winchester District Memorial Hospital. They made that donation in the amount of $1 million dollars. We're going to dive deep today to get the story from the donors themselves, Lois and Dale Keys. You're going to want to tune into this. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Joining me today on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest to start 2021. Uh, as most of you are familiar, the year 2020 was definitely a year that many don't want to remember. Uh, however, uh, for those of us in the Ottawa and surrounding region, there was a very bright spot in 2020 back in December when a very generous local couple made a most generous donation to the Winchester District Memorial Hospital in the amount of $1 million. It gives me absolutely great pleasure uh, to say thank you and welcome to the show, Lois and Dale Keys. Uh, Lois and Dale, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. As we typically do on these on these interviews on the Ottawa Business Podcast, uh, maybe we could start off, uh, Lois and Dale, with sort of your background and maybe starting with where you were born and uh, born and raised. Was it? Was it close to South Mountain where you're currently located or? Uh, this is Lois and I was born in Cornwall, Ontario on the 26th of July, 1952. Okay. Uh, my birth mother was an unwed teenager and I was immediately put up for adoption through the Children's Aid Society in Cornwall. Okay. I, I, uh, I should mention here that about 20 years ago, my medical doctor, who was in Winchester, asked me for my medical history. Uh-huh. We were, I was a new patient of his, and I said what he had was all I had because I was adopted. And at that time, if, if you were able to, if you had a doctor sign your form, you could write away to the government and get information on your birth parents, okay. which I did. And... Uh, I have since met my mother's family. She was from Chesterville. Wow. Very very close here. Wow. I've met her brother and her two sisters, their children and their grandchildren. They actually had a reunion to introduce me to the entire family. Oh, that's very nice. The real bonus is my medical doctor was my biological mother's doctor. So I have a very in-depth 
medical history now. Okay. And, and we live close by, so I've got to know the family really well, and it's been a really pleasant experience for me. What what, what was that like, Lois, when you first when you first made that that connection and with the family? Yeah. We we were all uh, well. I had known because I had got the information from the government. And I yeah. had known quite a while. But through a mutual friend, she introduced me to my aunt, who okay. had recently lost her only child. And it was just, she was so happy. And, and I was very happy to meet them, too, to know what your, yeah. your background was. It wasn't something I was looking for, because I had a very happy childhood and upbringing. But okay. it, was, it was just a... A great experience for them and for me, I think. So we stayed very close. Okay, okay, and, and that connection with with your with your birth mom. She had passed away. I never met her. Oh, you did. Okay. I oh, did I didn't know that. Okay. I have pictures of her, and there's quite a strong resemblance, I would say. But okay. I didn't meet her. She had passed away before I found them. Okay. Okay. Wow, that is that is quite a uh, that's quite a story because Chesterville's not very far. How far is Chesterville from where you guys are at? About twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and I have lived where Dale and I live now. I've always lived. I lived one mile from here. My parents farmed with my grandparents, and uh, Dale and I have known each other all our lives. So. Okay. It was kind of. A strange situation that I would come from Cornwall up to the area where she was from as well, you know. Yeah. It's just yeah. a kind of a strange situation. Now, now, Dale, did you grow up in the area as well? Yes. Okay. Uh, I did. I live um, on a farm right next door to where I was born, where my brother still lives in farm. Okay. Story here. I might, I might give you a part of it, anyways. But um, I'm 72 years old. Um, I was born in Campbell at the Coleman Nursing Home. Okay. Uh, born on the 23rd of November 1948. And the reason I wasn't born in Winchester Hospital is it opened on December the 7th, 1948. So. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Uh, wow. That's another connection I kind of have with the hospital, I think. And, and I have uh, a sister that was born at the Coleman Nursing Home. She's a year older than I. Okay. And, and I have two brothers, other uh, one, both of them born in Winchester Hospital. So. Okay. Okay. And we have lived here on this uh, family farm uh, for 191 years. Holy cow! So what? 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 What was it? Was it your grandfather, your great grandfather that 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 came to Canada? Uh, was my great great grandfather? His name was uh, John Keyes Senior. He came over in 1830 by himself. Okay. And uh, had a hundred acre uh, uh, farm, uh, not given to him, but uh, he had to make uh, spend several years improving it. Yeah. There's a story in the book of Dundas. Uh, we're on the eighth concession. We're on the boundary between uh, what was originally Matilda Township and Mountain Township. Okay. 
were in Matilda. Okay. And he, uh, he blazed a trail from uh, about six miles south of here. There was no roads. You got to remember, this was right in the middle of bush. Everything was bush then, like trees, huge yeah. trees. And he blazed a trail back through to his 100-acre parcel of land and started uh, building a cabin. And uh, anyways, uh, it's in the, it, there's, there's a story in the story of the Book of Dundas where John Key Sr. blazed this trail. And there's another story about how he carried 100 pounds of sugar on his back, back through no roads, wow. no bridges. And in uh, five years later, his wife and five children yeah. made that horrific journey across the Atlantic to join him here in a cabin he had built on 100 acres. Wow, that is incredible. That is yeah. absolutely incredible. And they had one child after that, and that ended up being my great-grandfather. Okay. Yeah, so anyways, that's the history of, uh, that's how far back the Keyses go. And uh, very, very, very proud uh, to be here, still here. Uh, yeah. My brother, as I said, is on the farm. He has children. Rose and I don't have any children. Okay. And um, we, uh, my mother and father bought the farm where Rose and I lived right next door in 1964. And uh, Rose and I got married in 1973. Okay. And we've lived here in the same place uh, since we got married. Okay, but before be, be, before we get to to the two, you and Lois get married. What, when, like, when did you guys did you guys meet? Where did you meet in school or? <laughs> Actually, uh, we, we, Lois just lived on the road south of us. I didn't go very far to get my bride. Uh, <laughs> I I could see where she lived from our house. So, uh, uh, <laughs> but more to that is. Uh, our, our parents were good friends. Our mothers were very good friends. They used to talk on the phone an hour at a time. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that was social that, media back then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and the, well, I, that was the, the start of Facebook because that was, uh, that was when the party lines were on. There were 13 people on each line. Yeah, the party lines, yeah. So phone, somebody's phone rang, everybody listened in. So Yeah, there was lots of privacy. Yeah. So anyways, we used to, the social part of life back then was the church. Yeah. We both have been very involved in the church. And uh, our families used to go back and forth on the weekend. Not every weekend, but quite often. Both yeah. mothers, both uh, mother, my mother were good cooks. And we would get together and have supper every, like on Saturday nights. And uh, Okay. Visit. The kids would all play together. They had yeah. three of the family, four of my So the family. two of you knew each other growing up, basically. Oh, right from, I guess I would remember her oh, as a, uh, a little wee girl, like, you know, so. Oh, that's yeah. very nice. Uh, we just eventually uh, uh, involved in the church. I was involved. Uh, I was even a, as a young man, I was superintendent of the Sunday school. Okay. And I the pianist for the Sunday school. So, okay. Uh, I don't know. Things things moved along quite quite well, and uh, I remember she was uh, for a while uh, she, after she finished uh, college. Uh, I guess she decided then that she wouldn't. Maybe I was going to be all right. She might kind of like to get married, so she kept saying, uh, 
when, when do you think we'll get married? And I said, well, when I decide I want to get married, you'll be the first to know. So anyways, uh, we did. We, uh, I popped the question and, and I got to tell this little story. We got the, we went in to get the ring yeah. and she had it all picked out. Didn't need any help. And, okay. Uh, then her mother and father, the next two weeks later, we got the ring. We didn't tell anybody and we took it back and, and her mother and father are pretty emotional people too. And yeah. We, we went in, that was our first stop. And she, she showed her mother the ring. Her mother okay. Then, her, then she started to cry and then, then her father started to cry and I started to think, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, no, it was, they were like, they were like second parents to me, actually. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. What do, do, do you want to disclose the proposal itself too, Dale? Like, how did you propose? Uh, actually, we were, we were in the, in the, in the shopping center in Iroquois. And okay. we were just walking. We, I don't know what we were there for, something. And we were walking up by the, uh, by the, uh, this wasn't too uh, exciting, I guess, but we were just walking up by the jewelry store. And I said, just before we got to it, I, I said, would you like to go and look at the rings? Yeah. And uh, she said, no. And I, I never, I never uh, halted. I just kept on walking. And the next, that's, that was my first experience of getting a dislocated shoulder. She had my hand and jerked me around when we were back in the jewelry store. So that was a, that was a proposal, I think. That's about as close as I can give you how that happened. <laughs> now, did you end up getting the ring in, in, in Iroquois? Yes, we did. Okay. Yes. Okay, because I was going to say this. It's not like we're in Ottawa proper where you're surrounded by, by jewelry stores. No. Actually, we got it that night. Wow. Well, good for you. But we had to get it Saudi, so. Did you now? I gotta ask. Did you let? And I asked this because this is what I did with my wife. I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna spend this much money to only find out you don't like the ring. So why don't you come pick it out first? Did you do the same thing? Did you have her pick it out first, and then you bought it? Uh, yeah. She she had already uh, looked. I, I don't know how she must have looked a lot of places because uh, when we walked in the store, I I was gonna go to get uh, somebody to help us and. She just took me right over to where the, the rings were and said, there it is right there. Oh, perfect. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And uh, I got I got to say, Lowe's uh, isn't uh, hard uh, to keep uh, not high end. And, uh, high maintenance. High maintenance. <laughs> and, we need, and we didn't have any money. So, yeah. Yeah. But we're both, we were both very happy with it. Yeah, very yeah, nice. I still wear it. Oh, that is awesome. Great. That is a great story. That is that is a great story. Okay, so so the two of you the two of you are married, and then take us take us down the journey. Now you're I, I'm assuming Dale, you're working in the family farm. Is that it? No, at that time I was um, I was uh, working as an electrician. I'd already got my apprenticeship. I served uh, six uh, years with a, a local guy, local electrician. Served okay. My apprenticeship and had actually got a job in Campfall for Ministry of Government Services, uh, which uh, was a provincial uh, uh, government uh, that we served all of Eastern Ontario. We did like uh, jails and uh, courthouses oh, and, okay. and OPP, uh, anything provincial. We, we did that and I was on the electrical 
I'm tired of government service, which quite a quite a big spot, especially for a uh, fire employee. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that, and uh, I was always very involved here with the farm. I was home uh, at before five o'clock. Uh, we were done at four thirty, and uh, I just went straight upstairs, changed my clothes, and went to the barn. Okay. And Lois was very, very good about not, never putting any pressure on me. Like be nine, nine thirty before I come in at night. Yeah. And, and uh, so that was, and then weekends. Uh, Actually, kind of, uh, I did a lot of the, the work on the farm on the weekends, and my brother wasn't married then, so he was, he kind of took off on the weekends. Okay. Now, what, what kind of a farm was it? Was it, Dale? What, what, what kind of a farm did you, ha did you have there? Well, I'll walk you through the farm from, from where we started, when I, what I can remember. It was okay. a mixed farm at, at the beginning. My mom and dad, uh, we had uh, some some dairy cows. We had uh, uh, we had some pigs, and we had some hens, laying hens. Okay. And then that uh, went along, and we it slowly became there was no more uh, hens, no more eggs. Uh, we had a few pigs, and mostly switching towards dairy. And that's when the quota system started, and uh, we we went totally towards dairy then, and uh, we uh, that's the way the farm ended. Whenever uh, I'll I'll go right through it. I guess that that kind of keeps it in line. Everybody will understand. Um, yeah. My mom and dad, my brother, and I formed a partnership because I came home to farm solid in 1980. Okay. With the government and on the farm solid, and uh, we uh, had a partnership of a third my parents, a third my brother, and a third myself, and that lasted uh, till uh, 1989. My brother decided he wanted to be on his own, so uh, we bought my parents out. Uh, and we split the farm up at that time. We had uh, the farm had grown to 375 acres. Uh, we had about uh, milking about 60 plus cows um, and had about 170 head of cattle, dairy cattle. Yeah. And uh, and he lived on the farm where all the dairy uh, equipment was, the barn and the, and the slurry store and the silos and all that, all that things that are necessary with the dairy operation. Yeah. And, uh, and also I had no children. Okay. And so uh, Lois was working out at Eastern Breeders and uh, so I started, uh, um, I, I bought a few beef and then I was cash cropping the rest of my land and I, I started doing electrical and uh, it, it, uh, it, it grew quite quickly and uh, I, was, I had a wonderful business. Yeah. And I, uh, and I also had the, the farm and I kept buying land, which was one of the best things I ever did. Okay. And, uh, like just vacant uh, land? Uh, a crop land, yeah. Okay. And sometimes I bought I bought play up one. I bought my grandfather's place with a barn, house, and everything on. Oh, awesome! Uh, Good but, for you. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I uh, I eventually got it severed, and I sold the house and the barn, five acres. But I had, I grew it, and that uh, ended up being four hundred thirty-five acres that I had of all good crop land, all yeah. the land, and uh, so that's where 
the farming in went. It was started, I was supposed to be a farmer and I'd go do a little electrical work, but the electrical became uh, good. I, I was mostly doing electrical all the time and trying to do the farming at, at nights and on the weekends. And okay, I see. I see. And when you say you, you, you say you had some croppers, what, what crops did you have? Um, after we started, after we did, finished the dairy, I, I grew most of just soybeans and corn. Okay. And I always grew food grade soybeans. Uh, most of my, my beans always went to Japan for uh, tofu and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Especially beans. Wow. And, uh, and the corn, some of it went for uh, human consumption. Uh, I took some of the cat, what they call cast, but then called ingredient now. And uh, some of them went to the ethanol plant at Johnstown, and some I, uh, I marketed with a, a feed store fairly close here called New Light Feeds and Acre. Okay. Which was used for cattle feed, and pig feed, and chicken feed. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. Yes. That is a So now, now, Lois, while Dale's busy. Uh, with the electrical business and the farming business, what was, what's Lois's journey? Lois was working in an office in Kempville. Okay. It was a, an artificial insemination unit for yeah. cattle. Okay. I uh, is that Eastern Breeders that that is. Dale mentioned? Okay. I worked there for thirty-seven years. Wow, good for you. And when I first started there, I started in June of 74. Okay. And typing was not my strong suit. I typed on a manual <laughs> typewriter. Yeah. And, and by the time I left, 37 years later, I was doing, I was responsible for their desktop publishing. So okay. my, my, my job changed a lot. Yeah. Uh, new things were added. Things yeah. Were taken, you know. As technology but, took over too, and you yes, stopped using the whiteout. <laughs> right, right. Uh, anyway, I enjoyed it immensely, and I met a lot of farmer, farm agriculture people. Okay. Not all farmers. I mean, a lot of them were, uh, I dealt with farmers in the U.S. because one of my responsibilities was getting bulls tested, you know, and a lot of them came from the U.S. So I okay. get tested in the U.S. and then get them across the border. Okay. I had to arrange for trucking and, and all that kind of thing. So I met a lot of veterinarians plus farmers, and uh, I, I just I enjoyed it. It was a very varied job, and I have to say I enjoyed the whole thing. Are they still are they still there, Lois? Today, yes. Eastern Breeders. It's called East Gen now. They have a okay. with the same kind of company that was in Guelph. Okay. It was called GenCore, so the two companies together now are called East Gen. I see. And I yes, see. They are still there. Barns full of bulls, and and there, there is there. Dale said they house five hundred and some bulls. I wow. have one now for almost ten years, so I haven't really stayed in touch with them. But yeah, uh, it, it's still going a going concern and. Um, you know, I'm sure they're busy. Yeah. I did all their Oh, sorry. What was that, Dale? You did their electrical? I did all their electrical work. Okay. So that's the, the old story. What you know, it's who you know. Yeah. You know, well, I gotta, I gotta ask this because I'm not, I'm definitely not from, um, 
a farming background, although my grandfather from uh, had a farm in Italy uh, before he came here. Um, these dairy, like whenever I see these dairy, these dairy cows, and I go to the, the Central Experimental Farm with my kids, I'm always amazed at how large they are. Are they? But they're they always seem to be very. They seem to be very docile. Are they? Yes, uh, especially in the Holstein breed. That's what we were, we were in. That's the black and whites. Okay. Uh, and and the females uh, in any of those dairy breeds are n- normally very very docile and easy to work with. Okay. You gotta remember that you work with them every day and you do the, the same thing every day. So they get they're they're used to you. Now there are times you need to be careful. Okay. And, and uh, but it's another story with the, the bulls that they're not that they're 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 very dangerous. And, okay. Uh, and and what 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 is that? What again? Because I don't have any knowledge of this. What why is there such a difference with 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 the bull? Um. Well, I think it's the same thing in any 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 kind of uh, uh, animal uh, life. Uh, I guess if you think about, uh, uh, let's take for instance, uh, uh, moose. Yeah. Uh, the cow moose usually, unless she's got a calf, is is pretty is, isn't to be uh, too uh, feared of. But it, you don't want to be around bull moose. You see, especially when uh, they're uh, rutting. Um, yeah. You know, they want to fight. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's similar, and even in uh, our life, except we're supposed to be a little more uh, sophisticated, or whatever the word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Men, men are absolutely more apt to (laughs) fight. Be aggressive. Uh, Yeah. And these bulls, for these bulls, some of them are pretty good. Like they, they, they led these big bulls out every day to collect them for semen. Okay. And they did it with just a rope around their kind of their head and through a ring in their nose and they just walk along like little dogs really yeah uh, but that's incredible they was, but they they were so huge like they would weigh um three thousand pounds wow and, and just if they swung their head a little bit like like you were like a feather to them yeah yeah but that's uh, that's uh, I, I did a lot of work there in easter breeders and wow. uh, they really liked uh, I had a hard time getting away from them when I tried to retire. I actually ended up doing a little bit of work for them. Okay. Because no, a lot of uh, a lot of the electricians wouldn't go in. Some of them went. If some they phoned for somebody and they went in and uh, they started roaring and stuff the bulls that they just left. Okay. And, and I I was used to uh, uh, farming. I was used to uh, animals like that. And I was used to those bulls. I could go in there. I would go right in the pen. They would lock them up, and I would fix a light or something that was in there. And the other other people would come in. They'd make them move a bull from either, each pen on each side, even. Okay. So at work in there, didn't like that. And uh, but I always knew what I was doing. I I was careful. And, yeah. 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 So, you would have to be for sure. It was. It's very interesting. Telling you if you were able to go, but you can't do that anymore because of health reasons. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to shift gears one second because I'd be, you know, working in technology myself. I'd be remiss not not to touch on 
Lois's journey through technology. What are, are you not a? I'm always amazed. I find Lois, especially with my younger kids, and it's they have no concept that you know, ten years ago there was no iPad. Oh, and sure. and you look at how fast. I mean, and you worked through it. You know, you started with the typewriter right through to the computer. Yes. It, I I didn't think I would ever be able to do it. But yeah. I, I have to say I, I worked for great fellas who, uh, you know, allowed me the time necessary to learn something. And I did learn most of it just by trial and error. It is. Yeah. I went away on courses or anything, you know, they bring a new piece of equipment in and I would just spend my time learning how to use it. Yeah. And, uh, but I don't know. I, if you see me now, I have gray hair. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the computer, you know, the IT business gave me that very hair. But. Anyway, I did have great people to work with and IT people who would take the time to, if you did get stuck, yeah. you know, they would take the time and, uh, and show and, you, yeah. explain to you what, what you should try or that kind of thing. Uh, it just amazes me when I think what all I went through in yeah. all the years that I was there. Mind you, you forget. Yeah. I mean, I've been away from it now for over 10 years, and you forget what all you went through. But I managed, and I stuck it out. And Yeah. Well, I'm sure you remember, too, back in the day when the Internet started to come out and email and, and, and yes. you know, the, the yes. buzzing sound out of the modem. and Yes. Yeah. 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 Can I interrupt for just one second? Yeah, go right ahead, Dale. Uh, she Lowe's is pretty modest. Uh, <laughs> she's fairly modest. I think she's more modest than anything. But Lowe's was one of the most important people the computers uh, that they had. She knew people from all over Canada. Yeah. Knew people from all over the states. When we go on trips, we were going down through certain states. She said, "Oh, I dealt with those. We'll see a farm. Oh, I dealt with those people. I talked to that guy. I knew that guy." Wow. And uh, she says that the guys uh, helped her. Well, she helped them. We. She was like their mother, and that's that's kind of maybe dating her a little bit. But uh, they always had what they call sire analysts, and that's who mostly she worked with. They were guys without. And went to the farm to look at all the mothers and all the pedigrees and and okay. uh, and everything the daughters in and stuff and then they decided to buy a bull and, and but all these young lads come out of university and they get a job at Easter breeders and, and uh, first thing you knew they were down to our place here for supper and, uh, and uh, she just uh, took them under her wing and, and uh, did a terrific job, and I'm very, very proud of her. Yeah, that is excellent. What she did in her lifetime, and the way she lives with people, I, I gotta say that much for her. Yeah, very well said. Very well said, Dale. Just so, just We're, so you don't, so you don't think that she wasn't doing a good job. She did an excellent job. <laughs> Were, were, were you, Dale, loyal to, i got to ask this, one tractor company over another? <laughs> oh, you already had a good one there. Yeah, <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, raised a uh, uh, love machinery yeah. uh, from a little boy. Um, we had uh, international harvester. 
Okay. Okay. The first one we had was on steel wheels. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to go through this little uh, thing right now. Just yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, and then we got, in, in 1957, we bought a 300 International uh, tractor on rubber, our first rubber tire tractor. And that fall, uh, we got it in the summer. And that fall, I was eight years old. And I plowed uh, a field uh, beside the house after I got home from school. I never stopped till I had done that night in the dark. I didn't finish it. My dad finished the the lands up and the headlands. But that's that's what I I love, and I love. I've always loved farming. That's my love. It's my first. Uh, I I did love my electrical business, but farming was uh, what really meant a lot to me. And then I bought. Uh, uh, in, uh, I don't know if you remember this, in the 80s, International Harvester sold out to actually Texaco oil, which in turn got uh, the guy was big into case uh, equipment. So okay. Case International. Okay. And uh, so uh, we bought a couple of John Deere's at the time. My brother was kind of uh, wanting to have John Deere's. So we did buy two John Deere's, uh, good equipment, great equipment. Okay. But when we split the farm up in 89, I went back to the red and uh, I had I had all red tractors. I had my sale a, a year ago in October, sold all my equipment. And uh, I have I had all red equipment and I have in the in my uh, shop now, I still have, I kept one tractor with a loader, which is a Case International. And I fixed up in 1967. We bought a international 656, brand new. Uh, I, I think it was around uh, $5,600, and uh, it came on the 24th of May at 730 at night. I can remember it's plain as I'm sitting here, and I still have it. It's got 20 over 20,000 hours on it. Never been apart. Run wow. And I redid it all here about uh, eight years ago. Okay. Looks, looks like new. Yeah. Then I, then I went out and bought a 300 International, like our first rubber tire tractor my parents got. Yeah. And I redid it, it all, and it's there. And then I always loved, um, it's a 1955 model, and I always liked these Farmall Super Rams with a TA. Um, so I bought one. And I fixed it all up, and it's yeah. 1954, so I have them in my shop here, trying to take them on parades and stuff like that. So, oh, that is awesome. Yeah, so I was pretty much a international harvester guy. Yeah. Loyal to the end, I guess I'd say. And, and did your brother stick with the deers? Actually, he kind of swung back. Uh, he still got uh, one, two. You got three yet, but he, he swung back. You got a couple of internationals now, so. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yes. So Massey Ferguson never made it over to your, your family. No, it, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't get in on our property. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. closest I got to them was Lowson's father. <laughs> he was a farmer, too. He had Massey's. Actually, okay. He never had a Massey Ferguson. He was old enough. He had Massey Harris. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was that was when Massey Harris and uh, and Ferguson went together called Massey Ferguson. Okay. Wow. Well, very interesting. Very interesting. 
And in terms of what's changed over in, in, in farming over the years, I'm sure there's, you know, there's a lot of technology. It doesn't sound like you've got the self-driving tractor yet. Um, <laughs> no. But but that's, you know, that's another area that's definitely changed with uh, with technology. Where do you see farming headed here, here Dale, from, from your experience? Um, well, I, I would, I, I would be, uh, I don't even know if I want to hazard a guess on that because there's things have changed so much in, in, the, in the industry uh, over the past few years. Um, I can't, I can't believe what's out there now. I even, uh, my last big tractor there was 200 horsepower. Uh, had eight tires on it, and uh, I put auto steer on it. I did that myself, put it on there, and that was a great thing. Like when I planted my corn, uh, I just uh, had a, a, like a 30-foot planter. And, yeah. You, know, you, you turned at the end, and you, you get the screen there. You tap the screen, on the, and away you went, and it went straight as a die. And you, like you did your grid as soon as you started the field, and, and every time you turned the end, all you did was tap the screen, and it grabbed a hold of the grid, and down you went. Okay, so that that's how far it went, and that's as far as I got with uh, the technology that we have today. But there's lots more out there now. Yeah. Um, I where it's going to go, that, that would be uh, hard to say because things seem to be changing at such a rapid pace. Not yeah. only that, like, and I think back to to uh, when I was a little guy, uh, my parents milking by hand in a pail with a stool to uh, remember us getting a uh, uh, vacuum pump where we got the milker pails and you milk the cow and you dump the pails in, into uh, cans to the to getting a uh, pipeline milker okay where you it went and took the milk right from the cow and went all the way around and in, back into the bulk tank to uh, to parlors where the cows would come in and you stood down in between them down in the middle and, uh, yeah and uh, you did milking that way to robotic milkers now so yeah I was a little bit involved with wiring i never i never worked uh, as far as uh, farming or milking cows that way but uh, yeah that's uh where we're i don't know where you go yeah you know things like that yeah. what? as i said before you went from steel wheel tractors to rubber tire tractors Four wheel drives, the yeah. tractors with cabs, and then auto steer. Now they may soon have the tractors that go to the field themselves. So. Yeah, well, I, I and I don't. I this was a, a at least two three years ago. There was a video I was watching, and I don't recall who the manufacturer was, but it was quite intriguing. It was a very large uh, farming property that they had, and they were going through uh, cutting the crop. And there was three tractors operating on this property and none of them had anybody driving them. They were all, there was a guy sitting in the barn watching it all, controlling it all. It was crazy. It was. Yes, I, I, I don't understand that, but uh, yes. Quite I something. A little bit about that technology. And I, know, I know, I think you'll see that reasonably soon. Yeah. Uh, there, there, you'll see more of it, I guess. Uh, if if someone was starting a farm today 
what what advice for for those that are listening maybe they've they're starting a farm maybe they have an existing farm looking for some advice what advice would would you give them dale well that's that's kind of difficult I, uh, my my thought is uh still with uh an old uh idea that you you know uh, you uh you didn't have a lot of time to yourself you worked hard you were spending you put long hours in uh, uh you got you got to love the farm and to be a farmer yeah uh, but the the new generation is not like that uh, which maybe is a good thing i i don't know they they like to have their time off they all play hockey they all play golf uh, i mean when i was uh in my mid years there uh, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a whole lot of activities like that because you yeah. that stuff. But today they, they do it differently, and I think in some ways that's a better thing because I think it turned a lot of young guys off farming because you were, you were oh I see twenty four seven yeah no, there was no but, off switch <laughs> they were they were uh, they got the better idea now where they all take their time off and they take holidays and. They, you know, uh, like I said, go on golf. They go golfing. Yeah, they, they arrange it somehow. But I don't know. It's uh, I I don't know whether I have any good information financially. Uh, <laughs> I I was given a good education financially from when I was little. Uh, my grandfather gave us. Uh, he had uh, eight grandchildren, and uh, when we were in our maybe seven eight years old he gave us all a fifty dollar can of savings bond okay yeah yeah and that really really had an impact on me yeah and, uh, and my mother took us all out of bank account okay bank account. and she showed us all the time she'd take it it wrote up she said see how much money you got now like yeah talk of pennies here but she said see how you made money and you didn't do anything yeah so so that was all good education for um, for me, anyways, and uh, it, it really worked well through life. Uh, I always uh, saved, I always invested, um, and uh, my idea. Um, I I took out lots of mortgages to buy land and stuff. Okay. My, my goal was to pay the principal off. I didn't like paying interest. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to get that paid. I didn't like giving the bank uh, all the money interest I wanted to get the, the principal paid uh, I think that was a good thing uh, going forward uh, help with uh, with our savings or financial financial standpoint uh, I kind of got a good background and, and uh, with the, the bank uh, the bank books and uh, the uh, Canada savings bond and, and, yeah and knowing knowing uh, uh, if you took out a mortgage uh, we always seemed to have mortgages. We we didn't have a lot of money when we were little, and uh, we were always uh, told about how much we owed and, and how you sh you should try and pay the principal because uh, of the interest. Uh, you're not gaining anything; you're just paying interest. So uh, that was uh, uh, something I always did. And, I mean, I took mortgages out because I bought three or four different four parcels of uh, land over time. Yeah. Uh, I always uh, worked hard, worked hard on the principal. That was my goal. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that was. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I think there's a different uh, 
different way of looking at it today from the younger generation. But yeah, I'm sure they'll do well. I hope they well, wish them. What 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 does it what does a typical day uh, look like on on the farm, sort of from the time time you get up to the time you go to bed? Obviously not, in, it might be different with, you know, with what we're going through now with COVID. But um, first of all, I'm doing hardly any farming now. Um, I've, I've sold my farm, all of it. Okay. So we're not we're not farming anymore. Um, we do go to Florida for three months normally. Not this year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, before it was uh, it was difficult for uh, you couldn't just say farming. I remember I'll go. I'm going to go back to when we were farming. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we I was we were in the barn at four thirty in the morning. Okay. Uh, I'd get up. I used to walk always the barn. I lived uh, uh, we go across the field into the barn and. Uh, uh, so we, we were in the barn at 4.30 and, uh, you know, uh, we worked all day. We milked the cows, we did the feeding, we did that, and then we came in for breakfast and then you were back out and you had all your different chores you had to do uh, in the barn and stuff. This was in the wintertime. Uh, mind you, in the wintertime, you had some time off. Uh, in the During the day, if uh, you need to go somewhere or, yeah. or uh, if you want to go in and kind of clean the cattle up back in the back okay different things like that there's always maintenance too eh? all the time maintenance okay and uh so but in the summertime uh in the spring and in the fall in the spring it was always put crops in so you were uh we were very very organized and, and dedicated to a certain time the cows always got milked exactly the same time morning and then at night okay and we stopped fairly early in the afternoon, about 3.30 to 4 o'clock, did our chores, got the cows in, got the milk, and uh, but then we would go out in the field after supper and work until 9, 9.30, maybe later if we needed to. And okay, same, and what are you doing in the field at, uh, at night, Dale? Well, we would, uh, in the spring, you're, you're trying, you're prepping the fields for, for the crops, so, uh, you know, there's a lot, you put fertilizer on, and you do uh, Okay. Fertilizer in, and you have to cultivate or disc or do all those things that get in the field prepared to, for the planter, for the plant corn, beans, uh, wheat, okay. whatever. And uh, in the summertime, it was always uh, hay, uh, haylage, that type of thing. Uh, or when you're a farmer, you're always working against the weather. So. Uh, yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, so if, if there looked to be some rain coming and you had a bunch of hay or haylage down, you might work till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning trying to get that done before uh, before the rain would start. Yeah. But, so that's, I don't know, It's it, for me it just seems natural or that's what you do, but I, I'm sure for a lot of your listeners uh, they want to know what, what's that about. Because <laughs> when I did, whenever I started on my own doing electrical work, I was away all day and, and i've seen me work every night i would work till 11 12 o'clock at night and okay uh, it was really really uh, desperate and you want to get that crop in i've seen me work all night yeah just uh, just so i could beat the weather and uh so you have to be a dedicated uh, person to kind of that kind of thing so uh, yeah not everybody did that yeah any i i'm just just before we transition any any because you worked late at night did you ever encounter any animals out there 
Oh, yeah, you still do. Like the other, I, I had to help my brother this fall do combining there. I probably combined 800 acres for him. Okay. Uh, oh, yes, you would see coyotes running and uh, really? deer. And, and we're not in a real good uh, spot for wild animals. Like uh, This is a terrific farming area to, uh, in uh, Matilda Mountain in Dundas County. It's yeah. Very, very farm, farm area. Uh, not, a, not a lot of bush, but there's enough. Like, you know, yeah, you see them the other night, that one night I was working there, this coyote, he stayed with me all night. He, really? You see him. Oh yeah, I could see him with his tractor lights, say, because they got terrific lights on. Them, yeah. And he thought he was hiding over the fence line, but I knew where he was. So <laughs> anyhow, and deer, like you'd see deer quite often. Like, okay. And, uh, nothing. I, I thought I saw a wolf one night, but I I couldn't say for sure. I'm not okay. Close enough. Well, so so nothing, just be. Nothing is yeah. Just just before we get to the sale of uh, of the farm, I just wanted to sort of rewind a little bit here. Um, and I think you know the one thing I, I I didn't I didn't touch on. I think it'd be a good time to touch on it now. Is um, you know the two of you made a tremendous, uh, a generous gift to the Winchester District Memorial Hospital. When you were growing up, Dale, can you tell us the story of breaking your leg and your sort of first encounter with the hospital? Sure. Um, I was, uh, it was in 1957, 1st of February, and um, we went to a little one-room school here at Hulk, a little place called Hulbert. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, we went to Hulbert Valley United Church. There was a, a factory cheese factory there there was a little store there now there is absolutely nothing actually our church closed here in november oh, okay uh, yeah so but anyways uh it was a one-room school it was grade one to grade eight there was uh, probably about 40 40 students and uh i was in grade three and there was uh there was uh when you went outside for recess and you went outside for lunch and uh, I remember it was quite a cold it was ice it was icy and uh, we were playing a little game uh, called pump pump pull away <laughs> you had to what, run. what was it called pump pump pull away I don't know okay. what it was all about but that was what they called it somebody <laughs> somebody on one side stood and the rest were out in the middle trying to catch you or tag you or something okay and you had to try to run from one side to the other Somebody, okay. would get, somebody would yell that out, and then everybody took off. So, anyways, I went to run across, and uh, slipped on the ice. And there was a, a guy; he was in grade eight. He should have been in grade twelve. But anyways, a great big guy. He jumped on my leg. My leg was stuck on sideways. He jumped on my leg, and uh, to this day, it sounded like a shotgun going on. It broke uh, partway between the knee and the hip. Oh, oh. And uh, anyways, uh, oh, I knew right away it was broke. Oh, oh, oh that's tough. And uh, so anyways, the teacher come out and they decided to carry me into the into the school. Yeah. And then they laid me down and then she thought, oh, maybe you should come up beside me. Well, should have never, I should have never, ever been moved. And uh, then uh, there was a, uh, 
neighbors come along uh, by the name of Thorpe, Mr. and Mrs. Thorpe, and uh, they decided they'd load me up and take me home. Okay. So they took me out and put me in the back seat of their car. And I guess I should go back a little bit. It, when the bone broke, it broke on a 45-degree angle. It was the, the femur, I think, was the proper. Yeah. Um, and through all this uh, moving me, it kind of went out through the side of my leg. Ooh. And um, so they took me home and brought me in, and out of the car into the house on the couch uh, in the kitchen. And my mother phoned the doctor, and he came up. From Winchester, and his name was Dr. Robertson. Well, and he was very, very mad. You wouldn't want him on your show here, did he? would swear pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he said, I need three, uh, three uh, pieces of wood, splints. He says, I can't move them. But this time the bone was out through the side of my leg. Oh, gee. It was kind of hanging back behind me. And, uh, so uh, a neighbor that actually lives where Lois and I live right now. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he was home. My dad was working out uh, at the time. And uh, he had come over with three pieces of uh, wood. The doctor told him what he wanted. And he said to my mother, he says, uh, you get the ironing board out. And uh, he, uh, she did. And so he said, okay. He said, and then we pick him up, bring him on the ironing board, and you hold his right leg, and my left leg it was broke. Yeah. And they, he said to the neighbor, he said, you get, you take his arms and, and get on his shoulders. Don't let him move. And uh, I can remember this yet. I never even had an aspirin. He said, son, I hate to do this to you, but I got it. And he took my leg and brought it around and pulled it till it went into place. And he put the three boards, one underneath my leg and one on each side, and then he wrapped me up loaded me in his car and took him to the hospital. Okay. So, uh, and I never passed out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a painful experience putting the leg in, into the, into the uh, stand. The, the, man, the man that held my uh, uh, shoulders down told me not too long before he died, he said, that's the worst thing I think I ever did in my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. But I'm glad I don't remember the pain and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. But I yeah. do have great memories of the hospital. Yeah. Um, uh, the doctor coming in. They, I couldn't have a cast. That's why I was there so long. They had okay. Up and down the side with hoops on them, with weights on my leg. And uh, I was in traction. And uh, the doctor was, uh, he was pretty gruff, but he was kind of a, not a bad guy. Uh, then there was a nurse, uh, Mrs. Malloy, who was the most wonderful person in the world. I'll never forget her for a little boy to be in there, be in there that long. Yeah. She helped me so much. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, and those are wonderful memories. I remember the doctor. I never had a pillow even, and uh, he came in one day, and I, the night before, there were some young nurses on, and uh, I said to them, "Can I have a pillow?" And they said, "Well, did the doctor say you can have one?" I said, "Oh yeah." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they brought me and gave me a pillow. First thing next morning, he comes in. Who gave you that pillow? I won't use the words he said. Who gave you that pillow? He said, the nurses. Well, wait till I see them. Oh, I was scared. I was scared. So he was walking out the door. He had on, they always wore white coats, eh? Like, yeah. He was running around. 
I said, are you going to take my pillow away from me? Yeah. He, looked, he said, I guess not. <laughs> That's the last I heard about that. So, that, so I was there for, uh, you know, a month and a half. And then I was at home for, for a good month and a half or more. And then started on crutches. Okay. The, okay. And what did it heal fully and wonderful. no issues? Yeah. Uh, the only issue was, is, uh, of course, that they couldn't do surgery. They put pins and stuff in. They weren't doing that then. Right. And so they put weights on my leg. And actually, they put too much on, which I didn't know. But now I have to have a lift, three-quarter inch lift on my uh, on my right leg because they stretched the other one too much. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. So, other than that, I never have an ache or pain there where the bone broke. Oh, that's very good. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's very good. So, so tell us, um, where, like, obviously, to to make a large donation as as you did, you know, this isn't something that you just decide one night at at dinner. How how did that original goal of the donation start out? Uh, I guess I'll. Uh, yeah, either e either either one of you, yeah. Sure. Well, I, mean, I guess it was, it was my uh, my goal. Um, and Lois is always Lois is very easy to get along with. I'm very fortunate, and uh, she's she's uh, very good natured. And, uh, Excellent. First of all, we're 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 both kind of generous by nature. Yeah. And, uh, so I I I really wanted to give do something for the community and i felt if you give something uh such as uh, our choice was the winchester hospital uh you knew it was going to be you all your money was going to be used for what it was meant to be used for okay it wasn't going to go to uh, uh people's uh wages and stuff trying to, to for charities you know because charities uh, eat up a lot of what you give yeah to, to function so that was one that was one thought and uh, plus lived in this community all our lives uh, know so many people and thought what what better way to if you want to do something uh, then keep it close to home and uh, you know and if we get to do it in a certain time which we have done yeah uh, we'll get to enjoy that a little bit just to think that people are, are, are able to use, in this case, the uh, CT scanner. And we've had so many cards, phone calls, uh, messages, uh, and people that we know that we haven't saw for years. A girl phoned yesterday that I went to high school with. Wow. With nice uh, 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 intensive care, even with the nurse. Uh, and and she, she was just so overwhelmed. Oh, so, very nice. Yeah, so that's uh, that's been wonderful, uh, along with the, all the coverage we got. We didn't want to have anything at first, but then things kind of got leaked out a little bit. So yeah, it's good for the hospital. It's a good thing for the hospital to to get use this and uh, yeah. And it, all the people like yourself, uh, all the papers, uh, different uh, different things uh, have uh, come and. So we're sort of uh, a little overwhelmed, but enjoying a lot of the, that. And uh, 
and all of our relatives and friends and stuff have uh, been excellent. We just uh, we're, we're we're very pleased, and yeah. uh, I I just uh, have been working, and I did. I was kind of the one that went ahead. Lois doesn't like to get involved with meetings, or she don't like going with the the uh, financial guy. And, okay, and I love all that stuff. That's that's kind okay. of okay. Yeah. Like, uh, so uh, so I had several meetings at the hospital, and then we've had different meetings. We also got to be ch- chair, uh, honorary chair for the for their gala last year. Okay. The hospital, Lois and I. Oh, were. excellent. Yeah, I, I know the girls that were doing it. They kind of had a. They do what the, I had. I had promised, and, I, and I'm a, I'm a pretty loyal guy. I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an international harvester guy. I'm a general Motors <laughs> guy. I'm a guy. I'm a just a, a one. Uh, you know, if you get me on your side, you got uh, you got me for life. Yeah, that's very nice. And so, uh, anyways, uh, it all it worked out. I told him. I said, whenever I get able to decide to sell the farm yeah uh, you're going to get the money you don't need to worry yeah and, uh, so uh that's the way it's worked out uh we got the farm sold all it all got sold uh this past year in 2020 actually the, well, the farm okay the year what was that like dale because i mean that's a big change for you like it is uh but, like that's uh, not easy i mean especially having Having been raised on the farm, yeah. Uh, well, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, things there that, that you think about, but you know, Paul, there comes a time in life you have to do a lot of things, and, you, and yeah, the person likes to be organized, and prepared, and be ahead. Yeah, uh, not, not let somebody else have to look after all that stuff after if, when you're not able. Yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, that's the a good same point. Same thing as my electrical business. I had to I had to get out of the electrical because they made you. Uh, in uh, 2012, I believe it was, you had to have a, a master's license. Oh, okay. And uh, in order to be a contractor, I still had my electrical license, but they were going to make you uh, get a master's license and going back to school, writing exams. And I said, well, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. 63 years old. Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't make any sense. So um, I was a little hurt, but after it happened, it was a wonderful thing. Yeah. Because I was doing way, way too much. Plus, right away we went to Florida and we bought a, a home in Florida. And for for this would be nine years this year. Okay. We go down there for three months and golf. Oh, good for you. Golf and. Uh, Where, whereabouts are you in Florida? A little place called Zephyr Hills. I've never Hold, heard. Of what? Is that West Coast? Tampa, very close to Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you can fly right into Tampa then. Yeah, we always drive because you need a car. We'll go. Oh, you're driving, right? Yeah, my bad. Yeah, right, right. So we always drive. We have flew, had to fly home a couple times because of deaths. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so the same thing that happened with um, the farming. Yeah. Uh, I said all along, I used to say that people would get hurt or something. I said, what's that old guy doing that for? So then I got thinking, well, Dale, you're that old guy now. <laughs> You know, you're 70, 71 years old, and sure enough, two years ago, I got my fingers caught in the combine, and I lost. I was, they were going to take both of them off. Uh, I saved the one. The other oh, my gosh. I don't know quite half of them, or half of them, actually. I said that there, it's, uh, it's time to uh, 
you know, uh, get out. And, and you're only, you haven't got too long to go. Uh, you get to be 72, you've kind of went up the hill, down the hill. Yeah, you're yeah. The side. So the, the reality is, you know, you don't have a lot of time left. You might as well enjoy what you have because we work hard for what yeah. we got. Enjoy a little bit of it anyway. No, that's very that that yeah, that's there, that's very well so said. Many memories there that uh, that I have from the farm and and, and the history of the farm here. And uh, we've been to Ireland on a trip to a reunion for six days. We did the whole of Ireland then. Okay. We did a reunion here three years ago. We have people from all over the states, uh, all over Canada. Uh, on the farm over here on, on uh, lot 22, concession 8. My father said that a thousand times, and he said it once to us. Yeah. And that was the farm where John Key Sr. came in 1830. And uh, so we had a hundred and some people here. Wow. And, and uh, was uh, in Canada turned 150. Okay. So we that's what we did uh, with 180. Oh, that's amazing. Jesus here on Irish Headline Road. Did I tell you the story about how Irish Headline Road got its name? No, no, go ahead. Okay. I, I'm proud of this. Uh, whenever we got the civic numbers, of course, in the rural, you never had civic numbers. Uh, everybody kind of knew where everybody lived, but then they put yeah. civic numbers for the fire department, ambulances, and, and like that. Right. So the township would send, send out a form to everybody got a chance to uh, say what they thought their the road should be named. And uh, in most cases through the township, it was named after a family uh, that had lived there for uh, quite some time, for a long time, one of the older family. Okay. Uh, in, our, in our situation, there was uh, two families left on the road that were original families. And of course, Keyses were the first ones to come here in 1830. Yeah. And next door neighbors were Mellons, and they came in about 1835. Okay. So, and both, they're the only two families left. Wow. So, uh, I always think about things like that. I always think, well, it's not very nice. It's like a, it's like a game of hockey or ball or whatever. There's always a winner and always a loser. Well, the winner is always happy, but the loser is not usually quite happy. <laughs> so I thought, well, it's not very nice if both both families are still here. Both have been here for such a long time. Yeah. And, uh, as a little boy, I used to go on thrashing games with my father. I always begged to go with him. And uh, they go around from farm to farm and thrash the grain and stuff. And, uh, okay. And I got to know a lot of the neighbors and and uh, if I was somewhere, some some of the older gentlemen would say to me, who are you? And I'd say, I'm Dale Keyes. And uh, he's, they said, oh, you live in the Irish headline. And uh, I would add, then I'd say to my dad or at home, I'd say, well, how come they say that? So yeah. I was well informed. We, we were very well educated on our ancestry and our history. Yeah. And uh, they said, well, originally, this road, everyone that settled on here was an Irishman. Oh, that, wow. Yeah, that was, that's, that's a fact. And they said, so it kind of got nicknamed the Irish headline. I see. So, so I see. He sent his form back to the council and 
on my suggestion was called the road Irish Headline Road. And I guess they must have thought that was okay because that's the name of God. And it does get a lot of, uh, it gets a lot of people looking at you and saying, that's an interesting name or that's uh, <laughs> a question. Well, how'd that come about or whatever? So it's been a little bit of a topic to yeah. talk about. So that's the story on. on, on that's uh, excellent. That is, that is excellent. Well, I just just before we leave the donation, I will say again a huge thank you to you on behalf of you know anybody that's listening in the audience on behalf of myself, who have used the Winchester District Memorial Hospital quite often, especially with younger kids. Uh, that's that's uh, very very generous of you, and thank you, very very nice. Well, we're we're so happy to have been able to do this at this time. Yeah, and. Uh, to have been fortunate enough to uh, have that to do it with. Uh, we've been very blessed. And uh, would you just just as an aside, uh, uh, Lois and, and Dale, would because you've made the donation as you know, as Dale's mentioned, when you can recognize it, you you know, you can see the uh, potentially some of the fruits as well of, of the donation. Would you recommend that to other people that are listening as opposed to, because a lot of people will leave it in their will and say, hey, when I pass away, you know, I'll give X amount to these different groups or charities, organizations, what have you. And they won't see that. Was that is that, having gone through this, would you recommend that? Definitely for me. I think Lois feels the same way. Um, I... Uh, there was a thing happened in our life that somebody was wanted to buy the fire, but we weren't going to see any people after we died. I said, no, that's not going to happen. I worked all my life. Yeah. You know, if I want to give something to my relatives, and I, I'm like my grandfather on my mother's side. He always gave, gave and gave and gave. Okay. Person. And uh, I felt the same way. Uh, and I said, if I want to give something to the hospital, uh, I don't need to keep that to the very end and, and whatever uh, see see it grow. I said, yeah, we've done, we've done well. My my joy uh, is to see uh, somebody else benefit from from that, and how nice it is for us to be alive to experience that, and uh, so. I, in my world, in my feelings, I, I think that's a wonderful thing to do, to give, give ahead, go ahead and give. And when yeah. we, tend, we give, we give to lots of things, uh, still, we give to the, uh, uh, the Canadian, uh, uh, for the guide, blind, dog. guide dogs for the blind. Oh, so yes, yes, yeah. I think that's a wonderful thing. I mean, yeah. We're, we're kind of dog people anyway, but that's a wonderful thing. We give, uh, we've always been extremely generous with our community church. We've, yep. uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've sponsored children for, for quite some time. Okay. We put, Excellent. Uh, went through the whole system and she's finished school and everything now. And now we're on a second one with that plan. And then we're on another plan with another child. Oh, excellent. Good for you. Yeah. And we, uh, we do things like that, as I said before. Uh, we're pretty generous by nature. And yeah. Well, I will say, look, 
I will say I saw the I saw it in the, in the news and I circulated it amongst uh, when it hit the news, uh, the Facebook uh, local group out here in Metcalf, uh, where I am, and I mean the amount of people that responded saying this is such a you know great news story in what's been a bit of a downer year 2020. So I think I, I think as bad as 2020 was, it, I think to a certain extent it, it played really well in 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 hearing your story because there was a lot of people looking for a really good story and that definitely fits the bill. Well, that, that's good. That really, it, it, it's just coincidental that, that that's when this all happened. We got yeah. there, it was all done and, uh, and uh, I had told the girls, actually uh, the one, Kristen, called me here in the fall. They've been so wonderful there at the hospital. The yeah. Girls, they have so much information help you so much and yeah uh, she said how they were uh you know trying to get ready for for their fundraising for another year and i knew where she was going and i said well i i'm working really hard on this there's a lot of uh, things to do uh different ways to to do donate your your money and uh i said it's going to happen in november i said you can be guaranteed well, it ended up being, excuse me, on into uh, a little bit into December, but we got it done. And, uh, yeah. And uh, she was, they were so thankful. She said, well, that just takes a whole lot off us. We <laughs> other things to, you know, yeah, uh, for sure. For other things when you're, when you're going to do that. So uh, that's uh, excellent. Yeah. So we, uh, we uh, are very happy with what we've done. I, I, I yeah, that is excellent. That's, the best thing of the whole thing is is uh, how good we feel about it. Oh, great! That is excellent. Regardless, and great to and hear. Everybody that's been, everybody has been so kind. And, yeah. Uh, with their thank yous and everything. So. so while we're we're as we're recording this, uh, we're awaiting a large snowfall here. Uh, <laughs> To possibly hit in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. Uh, do you, Lois and Dale, have a favorite book, a favorite music album, a favorite movie, a series on TV that you're watching that you would recommend to the audience? Dale does. I don't. I don't read very much. I watch a lot of TV. Okay. Uh, but my. You have a series on TV you'd recommend? Now, anything to do with crime. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I like the CSI shows. And I okay. Like true crime stories. Uh, you know, that true yeah. stories. I, I like that. 48 hours, that kind of thing that deals with crimes that have been committing committed. But my strong suit is I like to cook and bake and golf and be outside doing flower beds. I, I, oh, that is excellent. That is okay. Let's just touch on that for a second, Lois. Dale, do you golf? Oh yes. Yeah. Where, well, where, I'm pretty sportsy kind of guy. Yeah, I'm not uh, sportsy. Okay, where do you golf? Well, here uh, there's a little uh, there's a little course here in South Mountain called Sandy Row. Yeah. Uh, and then we try to when in the summertime here, uh, and we hope more so now because I just kind of really got totally out of the farming. Um, uh, like there's Winchester Cloverdale. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were going to go to Anderson Lakes. Uh, yeah. We, we were to Iroquois a couple times this year. Okay. 
COVID, we didn't get around that much. We were Excellent. Up to, we were up to Gananoque, to Smuggler's Glen. Okay, yes, the Smuggler's Glen, beautiful course. Yeah, yeah. They got some really nice views up there. And, uh, oh, lots of courses. I, I, I've golfed a lot of courses. I, I golf with my uh, financial guy, uh, Bruce Tessier from Nemonez Burns. I golf with him quite a bit, and he invites me to the Cornwall uh, Country Club. Okay. Oh, excellent. A couple times, three times this year. So excellent. Do you play 18 or 9 or? 18 usually, yeah. Oh, you do do 18. I find 18 too long. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not, I don't golf enough. I, I find I find nine too short, and I find eighteen too long. It's yeah, like if a lot I could. Of people feel like that. Where's the fourteen hole golf course? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. seems to be around that 13, 14 hole. It's like yeah, I'm done. Uh, I mean, we're used to that. Uh, I golf in uh, in Florida. I, I we golf uh, four to five times uh, a week. Okay. And uh, I oh I love it. I just. Uh, and do you watch the golf on TV as well, or? Not so much. Okay. I, I do sometimes, but I don't know. I, just, I, I think I'm kind of busy, so <laughs> I don't get there. But anyways, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have Oh, anyways, you asked about a favorite book, and uh, yeah. I, I really don't have any favorite books. Okay. I, I, I will say that uh, I've read a lot of books lately, politi uh, kind of political Okay. Uh, I'm reading right now. I just started was reading Barack Obama's new book. Uh, okay. Slam. Yeah. Uh, uh, one book that really sticks out in my mind is I and as I said, I'm kind of a uh, sports kind of person, and I really enjoyed the book. Was uh, Curtis Joseph Cujo uh, was about really for the Toronto Police. Uh, yeah. His, his story through life. Incredible. Okay. Uh, how well that. He worked, ended up as a person and as a child. What he, he had to deal with, I, I just, I just have that uh, kind of a tearjerker. Yeah, I'm assuming you're a, you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan here, Dale. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Leaf fan. Always have been. <laughs> Who's your favorite player of all said, time? Okay, I have that down here. I have Johnny Bauer. Johnny Bauer. Okay, Johnny Bauer. Wow. <laughs> Probably, you know, I'm going back so far. He he was such a gentleman. Yeah, he was he was, he was a goaltender, but he was such a gentleman all through life. He just died here last year. And uh, the other guy that uh, wasn't a Leaf guy was Bobby Orr. Oh, you like Bobby Orr, eh? Oh my goodness, he changed hockey. Yeah, and yeah. I think the best player that ever put on a pair of skates. And uh, uh, but I do have a little bit of a connection with him. Okay. And I are the same age. He was born in March of '48. I was born November '48. Yeah. I played defense all my life, and so did he. So that was. <laughs> but he was such a he was such a great player. He never had any goons around to look after him. Look after himself. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, an artist, and I don't know whether I got this right or not. I called an artist. I called Elvis Presley an artist. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, de are you you're a fan of fan of Elvis? We both are. Yeah. 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 Oh, you've been there? Oh, yes. Yeah. Did a lot of traveling, actually. Okay. And musicians, musicians uh, Leonard Cohen. Uh, okay. Uh, we sang this at church. Those played it. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that. And, uh, uh, and another one is The Last Date by Floyd Kramer. 
does the piano. Oh, okay. I, I'd probably not hit your hit. No, no, do, but I, I just want to, I just want to pause for a second, go back to Elvis for one second. What's your favorite Elvis song? In like jail house. for me, it's Jailhouse Rock. Like it's such a great oh, song. Oh. Even like even like my kids that. like it. <laughs> I, I I don't know whether I could just say one. Uh, there's so many uh, there's so many wonderful songs that he sang. I just to pick okay. Just uh, just a terrific. Uh, like to me, Christmas voice. isn't even complete uh, without Blue Christmas. You know, I remember I remember whenever I was young, he was in Ottawa. Okay. Yeah, that was back, and I think that was around 1960, somewhere in there. Wow. Yeah, he was there. Wow. So in terms of other sports, do you follow other sports, Dale? Uh, well, in high school, I played uh, I played uh, high school hockey, uh, soccer. We didn't have a lot. We had a little bit high school. We had no gym or nothing. Uh, a lot. I did anything to do with sport, track and field. We played uh, football. Uh, okay. Things like that. My my favorite sport is hockey. Okay. And and uh, I played ball, softball. I have a, okay. I, have a, I had a little story about uh, when we were little kids. Uh, in 1957, my father was working on the seaway. Do you know what the seaway is? Yeah. The, they did the St. Lawrence River over yep. the towns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He worked out for uh, two or three years to supplement the farming and. And uh, we had that 300 international tractor with a with a manure spreader, and uh, I saw that summer I saw a baseball glove for three dollars and twenty five cents. Okay. And, and oh, I, I like to play sports, and I wanted to play ball. We didn't have no gloves or nothing. Yeah. So I talked my brother into if he buy one too. He wasn't much in the sport. It's not like I was. Yeah. And so I asked my mother and father. They said no. They weren't buying that. So, anyways, worked worked all summer. The uh, well, I had a younger brother. He was only three. Brian, <laughs> Dean, I, and we worked all summer cleaning box stalls and doing all kinds of stuff. We would clean the box stalls out with a stable cleaner, load the manure spreader. We would take it to the field. I yeah. was like eight or nine years old. Okay. Do that today, they wouldn't even let you hear stuff like that. <laughs> and my mother has a picture of the three of us, uh, me driving, and uh, each one of my brothers on one fender, one on one fender, and one on the other, and the nurse spreader going. Okay. And, uh, we worked all summer, and at the end of summer, we had we each had three dollars and twenty-five cents. Wow, that is incredible. That's what we got paid, and and. Then my mother decided we should put it in the bank. Oh, so you didn't get the glove? <laughs> oh, I rebelled. Oh, no. I thought the story was going to end with you finally getting the glove. We did. I rebelled, and I said no. <laughs> we worked hard. So she did. She ordered the gloves, and we got the gloves. I was. Oh, so that's happy. nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good story to remember. Oh, that is very nice. Yeah. That is yeah. very nice. Excellent. Excellent. Anyways, it was... Uh, oh, and I you said radio stations. Sirius XM is uh, big for me. 60s on 6. Okay. Sure. Okay. Billy's Roadhouse. Lots of different stations we listen to. And, uh, yeah. But I like this one here. Favorite food. Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you have for I a favorite got, food? I got here anything Lois cooks. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's got to be related to Lois's <laughs> cooking. She's an excellent cook and best desserts. She, she oh, that is awesome. Desserts. She makes everything all the time. I have pie, pudding, cakes. You know, I will say, uh, you know, with with everyone working from home now, uh, I, I shouldn't say everyone, but um, the vast majority of people now working from home with COVID, you know, I know you're not um, on a lot of social media channels, Lois, but there's huge demand now for homemade cooking. Oh, is that right? Well, there's more and more people looking for it because now they're stuck at home and either the restaurants are closed or the takeout's sure. limited so there's more and more, and there's more of a gravitation to people making those homemade meals. So, well, she's she's famous with her nieces and nephews. And, and oh, excellent! My relatives, Honest, honestly, I, I got to give her full uh, uh, <laughs> marks. I just want to tell you one little story. But when we got married, yeah, uh, uh, she was she was uh, cooking, and uh, and she made me an apple pie. And her okay. mother would cook, but my mother made excellent apple pie. Yeah. So, so she had a, we had apple pie one night, and I, I'm, I got to be honest with you. You ask me something, you're going to get the truth. <laughs> you're not going to get anything all buttered up. You're going to, you're going to get exactly what I'm thinking. So, she says to me, she says, "How was the pie?" I said it was pretty good. I said, but not near as good as mother's. <laughs> Everybody said, oh, you must have got killed that night. I said, not really. But I said, she worked. Uh, every time she'd make the apple pie, I remember she would even ask my mother. And uh, every time, how is it? Said, yeah. Good. So I got to say, and I've told her this many times, that she has <laughs> surpassed my mother's apple pie. Oh, that is excellent. She makes that the best apple pie, <laughs> and she gets compliments from everybody on it. Oh, that is excellent. See, that see is what excellent. I did for her? I got her. She's right at the top of the top apple of the heap for maybe. apple pie making. So. <laughs> yeah. When uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna finish with with always. I always give this out as a last question to to guests. When when people hear the name uh, Lois and Dale Keys, what do you hope they will say? I hope they'll say that she was a person who worked hard to support her community and that uh, she lived her life enjoying her family and friends. I hope they don't say anything bad. And the apple pie was good. <laughs> yes, right. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dale, what would you say? Um, well... I have, I, I really didn't think a lot about that, really, uh, for doing what we did. But I think our, our legacy will be determined by our, our relatives, and our neighbors, and our friends, and what they feel is appropriate in their view. Um, the only thing we requested was to have our names up on the donation board at, in the foyer of the hospital. Uh, sometime in the future, and they're going to do that uh, as, as a donation possible. Yeah. And, and as I said before, um, we've had so many 
incredible messages and protocols and cards, etc., and and coverage from uh, like yourself, Paul. Uh, and we can't put into words really how good this makes us feel and happy. It makes us close and I are so grateful. Yeah. Well, that is that is excellent, and I. Uh... I I thank the two of you, uh, Lois and Dale, for taking you know taking the time to share a little bit more of your story. Uh, I think there's there's definitely some tremendous value in it. Uh, and thank you again on behalf of uh, all of the people that are going to benefit from your uh, your generous donation uh, to the hospital. And and thank you for for coming on the show and sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you. Paul. Thank you. It's been, been a great experience. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. We truly hope you found something of value in the show that you can use in your business or personal life. Please remember to like and subscribe to the show. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite player. Thank you.